Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement, and, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hello, friends. How are you? It's a big day in Star Wars land. It's also been a big week, and we're here to talk about it. It's Collider Jedi Council. I'm Kat Dapsock, and I want to thank you for watching the show today and also remind you of shows presented by Heroes and Villains. Our friends over there got some great Star Wars merch, but also things outside of Star Wars. This guy, you like nerd stuff? You, you can wear it, and they have it on uh, over there. And you can use, uh, they have some promotions going on. You can use the code JEDI10 to get 10% off on top of the promotions, go to heroesvillains.com. Big day, the rise of Skywalker, the ninth saga film, and the final one is out. And we are uh, we're going to go in for a few minutes with some non-spoiler, underline, underline, non-spoiler review, getting you ready for the big picture. And Rise of Skywalker is certainly far from the only Star Wars out there in the multimedia universe right now. We have got not one, but two episodes of The Mandalorian to touch on on the episode today. Also today, we're going to be talking about The Rise of Skywalker, obviously our non-spoiler review. But we're also going to be talking about Box Office, how this movie is tracking currently for the weekend. Uh, And let's get right into it. This weekend in the... The Rise of Skywalker. We're going to be talking about the box office. And yeah, guys, so right now, yeah. based off the Variety article, it's looking like obviously it's going to be a major success as mm-hmm. far as money-wise throughout 2019. Um, right now, it's looking like at least a 175 to 200 million range, which is pretty broad. I mean, that's not... Mm-hmm. That's a swing. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not very specific. However, that does confirm that it'll probably be... One of, if not the biggest movies of 2019, which is another W for Disney, which already has like the top seven movies of the year, which is incredible as far as box office wise. Uh, How are you guys feeling about these numbers coming out? Because just a refresher, I'm sure you guys know, but Force Awakens was a good 245, 247. Last Jedi was 220. This seems to be coming down even more than that. So it seems to be this trilogy is like making its way down money wise how do you how do you feel about that, Ken? Well, you study the numbers a little bit more yes. than me. Uh, even even though I'm a baseball guy, I st- <laughs> I look at the I go with gut more than stats. I'm not a I'm not a, a OPS plus guy. That's a deep cut baseball stat. Um, this is would you call this somewhat normal for trilogies, not just Star Wars, but overall? <clears throat> how does it work? A sliding so, scale, up, down, up, down. If I'm being honest, uh, yeah. this is not promising. In my okay. opinion, this mm. isn't promising because I feel like. There is always a dip when it comes to the second sure. movie because that the first initial reaction is, I want to see this. I don't know what it is. And then you're like, I'm out. I don't care about it anymore. So the yeah. second movie is going to drop. Usually by the finale, whether it's Avengers Endgame, whether it's Harry Potter, whether it's any kind of major blockbuster type movie, the finale gets enough people back to even though if they skipped a movie or two, mm-hmm. they feel like, well... Like, like Avengers Endgame, Endgame is a perfect, a perfect example, example of, of that, a lot of people yeah. being like, well, I didn't see 
Civil War, but I'll watch Endgame. Totally. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll go back and watch the finale of the saga, the trilogy, whatever it is. So seeing this drop personally, I feel like it's kind of a bad sign. This is me just really yeah. being more hopeful. I was hoping mm-hmm. for this movie to be a little bit more successful. Uh, and seeing these numbers, I'm just like, darn, I, I wish it could have been more. Yeah, I, I guess what I want to ask you, Ace, is before people started seeing this movie and we started having early reactions to it, did you think that it was going to match what Force Awakens made? No, okay. I, I, I thought it would be above Last Jedi. Okay. If I'm being honest, I, I thought it would reach maybe 230, Yeah, which, which would be around the range that I would be, because it's not going to reach 245. Like, no. It's just not no. going to hit that. Um, but I did feel like it would surpass The Last Jedi because it would get people maybe back on board. Yeah, I think I was kind of in the same boat as you, that I thought that it would make more or about or at least comparable to Last Jedi. I, I would have predicted a little tiny bit more, but it is, it, it's really interesting to see, especially just sort of given all of the various discourse uh, around Star Wars. Something we were talking about on Movie Talk earlier today was whether or not we thought the kind of initial reactions to the film were affecting the numbers. And we sort of came to the conclusion that we don't think that is the case. It's the culmination of all of the the stuff surrounding this film that is causing the numbers to again this is not money to sneeze at by any stretch of the imagination this movie is still making a ton of money yes uh star wars is not hurting for dollars but it is an interesting thing to see it it, what this shows me and if i'm this is me just being real Mm -hmm. based i'm not even talking about star wars i'm just talking money um Mm -hmm. which is again like ken said what i like to do this shows clearly that there was a, a group of a major group of fans who really were like, you know what, I'm done with this trilogy, and just um, decided to not watch it anymore. Which to me is so disappointing because you're missing it out is. on on some really good stuff. Um, so to me, this shows like I want to see what Star Wars is doing now. I didn't care for it. The Last Jedi, I'm I'm refusing to watch any more Star Wars. This not, yeah. these numbers show that there is a large group of people sure. who just decided to give up on the trilogy. And wouldn't you say too that by and large the people that are not going to see this movie are people that were Star Wars fans who were turned off by yes. Last Jedi yes. or or even Force Awakens. I mean, I, I have sure. friends that just don't like this new trilogy at yep. all. So mm-hmm. they saw Force Awakens and went, you know what? This isn't for me. Uh, there's plenty of other Star Wars that I do like. I'm just going to keep watching the stuff that I like and move on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is it is interesting to see because I would say that by and large, your sort of general movie-going population, I don't like to use the term casual fans. If you like Star Wars, you are a Star Wars fan. Yeah. But mm-hmm. your more sort of casual movie-goer, shall we say, mm-hmm. that yes. doesn't per se go to Star Wars, but just goes to the movies because they like going to the movies, they're yeah. going to go see this movie. Right. Yes, but can I add a but? Because mm-hmm. I do feel feel like Always a lot of people a are saying, you know, reviews don't matter, reviews don't matter. That's true. Reviews don't matter. That in general. Correct. But there is a percentage, and I have to give a shout out to those people who do, I'm talking general, I'm talking mm-hmm. to people who didn't know there was a Star Wars movie coming out. Yes. Right. And literally go on Rotten Tomatoes and say, oh, look, <clears throat> a Star Wars movie's coming out. Oh, look, it's really bad reviews. I guess I'm not watching it. Like there is some Other of those people who, yeah. who literally find out. There's a Star Wars movie coming out. I'm talking about people's moms, people's grandmas, <laughs> who literally go like, eh, I can skip it. It's getting bad reviews. Some people will do that this week, and I, I, I know that for sure because yeah. I've talked to some people already yeah. who've told me like, oh, well, reviews tell me otherwise. Yeah. I'll check it out some other time. It's, I'm yeah. talking non-Star Wars fans. I think Star Wars fans who already were going in will go in and, of and course. watch this movie. But, but to me, it's disappointing because I do feel like a lot of people are missing out on some, some really good stuff, and they should check it. I don't know, man. There's a conversation to be had about people assuming certain things about movies without watching the movie. And I have to give a shout out to uh, DJ uh, Woolridge, mm-hmm. Woolridge yeah. um, who tweeted out literally a couple minutes ago. He said, uh, you see the rise of the Last Jedi fans are like, you know, don't watch this movie. It's against the Last, uh, the, the last Jedi. And then you see the people who hated The Last Jedi being like, I'm not going to watch this movie because I hated <laughs> The Last Jedi. Where it's like this weird course correction of like, everyone is protesting Star Wars for their own bizarre reason. And all it's doing is just hurting it's Star Wars in general. Time. And it's, it's this weird, you can't appease either side. And, and it's, it's both the, extremes that leads us into our conversation a, about... 
weird the time. rise of skywalker yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's just a weird time it's uh, been a, it's been a weird week it's been a long time uh i quite frankly am emotionally exhausted yes uh, by it all but we are going to do a rise of skywalker non-spoiler review discussion and i'll be honest with you i don't like these i'm not good at them mm. because <laughs> i love them at this point I've only seen the movie once. Me too. You, you, yeah. you got to go back, dive in, uh, regardless if you're if you're on this yeah. side of it here. Uh, but that's just the timing issue. Uh, and two, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to say something. Mm. So uh, yeah, Emma and Andres are going to try to shut me up. <laughs> Riley's going to yell at yeah. me if I'm. Uh, hey, remember the thing. Um, but we want to talk about it. Um, Emma, I'm going to start with you because you've already done one with Perry. I so have, you've, got, yes. you've got the skills I don't have. Yes, right here on Collider Video, you can check out the review that Perry Nemiroff and I did that came out uh, on Wednesday night, 12.01. It dropped. Uh, it's already getting a lot of traction and a lot of reaction. Uh, so... I mute those words. Yep, just mute just mute all the star all the Star Wars words <laughs> so you don't have people yell at you. I'm yeah. sure there are people yelling at me, but I've yeah. I muted everything Star Wars, so I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah. no, it's it's interesting because I am somebody that Star Wars or not, mm-hmm. any film I go into, I go into wanting to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, I was not immune to some of the stuff that was popping up on Twitter in terms of people's initial reactions on Monday night after the film's premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what I was seeing, it did not inform my opinion of the film. In a lot of ways, it made me go in going, okay, I am ready to expect some stuff that I didn't necessarily want. Mm-hmm. Um, and even going in with that attitude, it still felt disappointing to me. Okay. The stuff that I, there was a lot of things that I liked about the film. I loved the dynamic between Ray, Finn, and Poe. It was so nice to see the three of them on screen together, working together. I would have liked to see more of that in this trilogy overall. I, I think that those three actors gave fantastic performances and they have really great chemistry together. Um, same thing for Naomi Aki and for Carrie Russell. They had such great chemistry with all the characters who they interacted with in the film that I think I felt more attached to them than I had any right to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, really, really great performances overall. Uh, Adam Driver is one of the greatest actors alive today. Mm-hmm. His performance Being in this alive. movie is... Yeah, there Being you go. Being alive. Listen, Sorry. watch Bear Marriage Story. Story just to see him sing Being Alive. He said Adam Driver's going to sing yeah. on there, yeah. uh, specifically that song. But no, and I... And I think that his performance as Kylo Ren in this mm. movie is the best he's been in any of them, um, especially because he gets to play so much more with the duality of that character and really dig into his vulnerability, and he plays it so, so well. There's a lot of stuff that I like about the Star Wars prequels. The plot is not one of them, mm. uh, and that's kind of how I felt about this movie. Interesting. Um, again, there's more stuff in it that I liked than what I didn't like, but the stuff I didn't like, I really didn't like. Was it was it more like frustration with what it brought to you, or was yes. it like disappointment? Uh, like, it was fr- it was frustration. Okay. Um, it was as far as like twists and turns and reveals. Correct. And, okay. Um, the twists and turns and reveals were not that. Okay. They were they were not surprising to me in the slightest. Okay. Uh, and that was frustrating mm. because. And again, and I'm saying this as somebody who, I mean, the internet knows. I love Last Jedi. I'm such a Last Jedi stan. I love Ryan Johnson. I love the risks that Ryan Johnson took. And it was just frustrating because I felt as though J.J. didn't take any risks at all. This whole movie felt very predictable to me. Um, And it was just, and I can't talk about the stuff that really frustrated me in a non-spoiler review. Of course. But we will get into it in the spoiler review. Yeah. Uh, but again, I liked this movie. I thought it was an enjoyable theater-going experience. There were just a couple things that I really didn't care for. Um, and I, I, I tried. <laughs> I really did, because I really wanted to love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't. I liked it. Mm. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where I'm at right now, I'll I'll start I'll start big and I'll go small. I love I love this movie with every every fiber of my being, and I love that yeah. you love it. <laughs> and it, it moved me to a point where I was uh, shaking, crying. My girlfriend had to check on me to see if it's okay. <laughs> uh, that said, I also think it's 
it's bonkers. It is you're gonna strap in for some stuff that that is just uh, out there. Uh, and I know what you're saying about some of the not risks being take, taken. And I don't put this in the category of risks. Right. I just put it as a category of there's at least three or four times in the movie I went uh, with tennis <laughs> of my popcorn. I went <laughs> all right. Oh yeah. Oh no. I definitely had. I definitely had a lot of. Wow, they did that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I but I, and I love that about it there. I I, I look at uh, I, I am in a relationship with Star Wars. It's yeah. a long-term mm-hmm. relationship. And there's sometimes the the relationship you'll get into little fights and you'll look at the, your partner and go, "Why did you do that?" Why'd you do that? At the end of the night, you look at it and you go, I'm so glad you're in my life because you've changed me, you've inspired me, and I love you with every bit of my heart. And, and that's where I'm with Star Wars in general, as I think people know, and that's where I was at this movie. Uh, I, I, I do want to, again, <laughs> non-spoiler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, there's so much to discuss. Um, I think Star Wars is also often about uh, what you feel about it, and sometimes we can look at the hows and the whats and the whys, and every one of the movies to me has presented something where you go, Huh? Oh, one I joke about a lot, Revenge of the Sith. I'm always like, did Palpatine plan those outfits the yeah. day before and the next day everyone's in new Imperial gear? How did that happen? Yeah. There's a lot of those things you might have that in this movie, but I think it's okay. And to, to Emma's point, I'm gonna bet, I think this is the best acted Star Wars movie of all, anything. Um, from from small people to to yeah. uh, uh, the, uh, I don't know what's spoiled or not, but we know Carrie Russell's in this movie, Zori Bliss, right? I think she gave one of the best little oh, she was fantastic. chunks of a Star Wars performance. Yes. Yeah. Wow, she's she's in great in a helmet. Yeah. Hey, uh, when you put the actual actor, never mind. Um, <laughs> hey. Uh, hey. I. Loved all that, all that up top, and then, and then I think, and I think out there too, and Ace, and we'll get your thoughts here too, yes. and we'll, we can start mixing it up. I, I just think, just, just strap in. It, you hear a lot, in a lot of the reviews, uh, they put the the the, the gas uh, foot to the gas pedal, and they don't let up. I, I think that's true. Yeah, and I think that's, that's true as well. That's why I'm dying for a second, third, fourth viewing, just to be like, mm-hmm. I know there's little things I missed, or things I just kind of sometimes you might get swept up in the emotion. Uh, that's uh, that's that's. F- Fair, you know, in the sense of like, I might mm. be like, I'm crying because something's got to me because this has been a 40 year journey for me. For others, it's 5, 10, 15, 20 year journey. Uh, and then I'll come back and be like, uh, okay. Uh, and I think that's okay at this point to have. Um, Ace? I feel like, I don't know, if, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of thrown back by these thoughts oh. and reviews by certain people because I feel like star wars is always mythology star wars has always been thematic elements star wars has always been the most general type storytelling beats it's never been like this thought-provoking like it's gonna make you go to the oscars and vote as best picture it's always been like a story of people of all ages can embrace and 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 really take it in and and the rise of skywalker gave me all of that gave me so many elements. I, I love this movie, if I'm being completely honest. And, and I feel like it gave me the correct beats of, of the dark side and the light side between Rey and Kylo. It gave me um, emotions, like you said. I, I feel like I, I talked to Jennifer Landa um, after the screening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a good conversation. And I told her, I said, uh, shout out to Force Center mm-hmm. um, for, for Thank anyone you. who doesn't know. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where I told her, it's like, how much of this movie is based on emotion? A lot of it, to be honest, like you said. This is based on how yeah. it made you feel. And to me, Ray makes me feel Ray. I'm talking about Ray. Yes. Uh, not any other Star Wars character but her. It makes me feel like I can overcome a lot. I can do a lot. Ray is that example. And I feel like this is her story going all the way through. And it works so well. Like it works for me with the initial character I have, which is Ray and Kylo Ren, which is the best part of this whole trilogy. Uh, I'm talking sequel trilogy. And that's what it gave me. It gave me the best of Ray. It gave me the best of Kylo. Like you just said, Adam Driver gave the best performance. And, and I feel like that's what I want in a Star Wars movie. I want to see these characters deal with powerful emotions and reveals and, and moments that they feel like they're not living up to and live up to them and overcome it, overcoming fear. Like, like, like I said in the trailer, like that's part of what a Jedi is. And I feel like these are all the themes and elements that we see in every single Star Wars movie, and it all comes together in The Rise of Skywalker. And I feel like that's that's kind of what I want. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I want to see in a Star Wars movie. And I think that's why I loved it so much is because I feel like that culmination 
of like the storytelling elements of all three trilogies came together in this movie to tell this story of this girl coming from nothing, being the resistance hero, and then overcoming that and realizing who she is. That's what we got in this movie. And that's what we got in this trilogy, in my opinion, because I, I really do like this trilogy quite a bit. Um, and that's why I, I love this movie. I, I really do. And I feel like it's a good movie, regardless of what people yeah, are no, telling no, me. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love it. But I want to kick it. Oh, I do want to kick it back to you, Emma, because yes. without, we can't go to the details. Yeah. And if you have, it's not a debate, but if, if you have a rebuttal, yeah. I also want to talk about you as a passionate Star Wars fan. Yes. When you walk out and you're like, hey, I didn't connect with something as much. What 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 you go through because I think it's important because I don't think you're going to be alone in that. No, I and I, I, wanna I know, know I'm not alone. I want to know what I you know went you're through. not alone either. <laughs> um, well, it it's interesting because I I really love the character of Ray as well, and I feel that some of the choices made in this film kind of undermined her story. Interesting. So that that was a lot of my issue with it, um, and there was also a lot. And this is the thing I'm I am totally fine. I mean, God. I love the Mandalorian. There is not an original bone right, in right, that right, series right. body, but it it was the way that certain tropes were presented in this and a lot of things that were convenient reveals. That's mm-hmm. how I felt. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, no, there's some, and there's some, you'll, you'll see. I yeah, mean, it's, which it's just early on. Yeah, yeah. lowered the stakes for me in gotcha. a few things. I think that's the thing is, is uh, we'll talk about it in the spoiler review, sure. but there were several things that happened in, in the movie where I went, well, there's no stakes then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, the conversation around Star Wars, and I, and I, and I will be the first to, to acknowledge right. that there is some issues as far as risks yes. and storytelling, but I, I don't feel like that's necessarily coming from The Rise of Skywalker. I feel like that's coming from the sequel trilogy in general, where, where if you go back, and again, I always go back to the Bob Iger book, but even he talks about it, where he's like, I just, I don't want to like step on anyone's toes. I, right. I went back and saw the prequels, and not a lot of people like the prequels, and I just want to make realistic effects. Let's go back to a desert planet, like all the same beats, and, and I feel like a lot of that came from Iger, a lot of that came from Abrams, but but that's kind of what they were trying to run with was this safety ball like run it up the middle. Sure, you know I, I'm, I'm doing football, football references, but but what I'm saying is I don't feel like that's necessarily the rise of Skywalker's fault. Um, what I what I'm interested in and and I, and I got to be real honest is is the idea this is coming from a fan of the prequels where everyone is screaming at, J, at George Lucas for being for taking risks with the prequels. And the irony is that everyone's screaming at J.J. Abrams saying you took no risks. And it's like, did, did we not see the risks in the prequels, guys? Like, the prequels are great because I see those elements of what George wanted to do. Like, that's why I'm a big George Lucas guy because regardless of what you think of his comedic elements or Jar Jar Binks or whatever the people want to say about the prequels, like, the prequels suck. And I'm like, why do they no. suck? And they're like, well, because of Jar Jar. Well, and I'm like, Jar Jar's in it for like 20 for minutes. For me too, and again, like I said, the, like some of the, the, the prequels get really plotty. Yes, but, but, this movie but that's gets, a risk. Right. It's different because right. it's talking about political elements in this galactic sure. system, oh, which no, to totally. me is like, that's new. But I'm saying that what comes out of taking those risks and, and being so plotty and digging so much into the politics is a lot of the stuff that I genuinely really like about Star Wars, which is the world building, yeah. which we see in things like Clone Wars and in Rebels and The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the Star Wars that I love. Yes, and that, none of that exists without the prequels. Correct. So I, so again, I have a massive amount of appreciation for that. I just felt like with this movie, we had such a nice tee up with Last Jedi mm-hmm. ending in a place where J.J. Abrams could have done literally anything he wanted. Like he didn't have to follow any rules. Ryan Johnson had had, had set it up that. Here's a big, open, wide world for you to play with. And it just felt a little bit like J.J. Abrams took all of his toys back and went, we're going to play the game I want to play now. Instead mm. of going, yes, and let me add to the game you were playing. I, I, can, I can counter you, but without, I would have to give spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like there's something in The Last Jedi that's done. And I feel like J.J. Abrams takes that and, and, and uses it really interesting in, in The Rise of Skywalker. I'm sure we'll talk about um, it in our spoiler but again, <laughs> so, so, But I'll go back to the other question. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think it's important to discuss, and something that's not, not often discussed, yes. is the feelings of coming out and going, ooh, I, I'm feeling a little different. 
and that's something that I live my whole life yeah. for. Uh, and I think it's important to hear, like, hey, how do you go on? How do you go have popcorn afterwards? <laughs> and where do you go from there? I, I want to well, hear your perspective on that. But there's so much other Star Wars out there. Yeah. Like, it didn't... Literally, we had hours to I wait know, like, to I, Exactly. Wars. And so, for me, stepping out of this movie, I went, you know what? I think that a lot of the stuff that I really love about Star Wars just isn't in the movies. Mm. It's in the TV shows. It's in the comic books. It's in the books. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you want a moment? I don't know. I'm getting really emotional. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, going to get Emma. really emotional during our spoiler I'm review. So sorry. Cause, yeah, because uh, I feel very emotional about the thing I didn't really like. So Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to go to you, Ken, because obviously yep. I feel like I'm talking the whole time. Um, but but to me... That's what Phoenix Suns fans do. I, I know. This is what we do. <laughs> and we lose back-to-back-to-back games um, by 20 points or more. Um, but another thing is, is to me, th- this trilogy, and, and I think this is going to be the dividing factor, and, and I'll toss it back to you as well, Emma, uh, <clears throat> lives and dies by the character of Rey and the character of Kylo Ren, which to me, that that's... Maybe that's what I liked about The Rise of Skywalker <laughs> so much. It, it's that... Following Ray, and a lot of this has to do with Daisy. Like, I really have to give her a lot of credit for bringing that emotion without even being that emotional. Just, just her staring look mm-hmm. in her eyes is so powerful. But following her journey and following what she goes through is so believable. Not even necessarily because of Chris Terrio or J.J. Abrams, but because of Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me so interested in this story, in this trilogy, in this movie itself, especially because I feel like point A to point B where Ray goes from the beginning of the rise of Skywalker to the end to me is so beautiful and it's so uh, powerful because it shows you all the emotional journey that you can be taken on from the last Jedi realizing where she came from, who she was, who Luke Skywalker is to her realizing that's not the case. That's not really what the Jedi was or the force. And then her coming back in this movie, that's what worked for me the most and I think that's why I like the movie so much more than everyone else is because that completion of this character, which to me is the quintessential Star Wars character of Rey, works. It, it, it might be – we'll see how it plays out when the general audience really gets to dig their their claws in it, so to speak, mm-hmm. is where I always say – I don't know if this is 100% right, but I just – like. I think if you look at Last Jedi and, and how they deal with Luke might be the deciding factor for a lot of yes. people. Other people, it's some of the plot things or anything, and, 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 and I can understand actually that more than anything if, mm. with Jeff, Last Jedi. Mm. And I don't know if that's particularly the case with Rise of Skywalker yet, because mm. I think there's other factors into that. <laughs> um, but some of those core things might be what you're reacting, what you're reacting to, what you're reacting yeah. to. Uh, that's all of our journeys, too, uh, uh, going into these movies there. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the nice thing, we, this is why I continue to say uh, this is such a wonderful time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> it is. Because it doesn't end. The stories no. don't end. And uh, what's out there, uh, if, if you're more invested in Mandalorian, that I think you should be more invested in Mandalorian. You sure. know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like we've, we keep going back to Solo where... Man, I could write a paper about <laughs> what Solo does. The movie shows the actual oppression of the Empire in action. And yeah. da, 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 da. But also, yeah, there's a weird monster at the center of a maw and the castle run, and that's not my favorite thing. But uh, you're all good. you're going to react to it. I think I think it's an important message, and this is why I'm looking at you, Emma, mm-hmm. and glad you're having a reaction. Things I think it's an important message to in this day and age to come out of a screening, take a moment, yeah. take a beat. And realize this galaxy is so wide and the adventures are so wide because there's those people who are like, yeah, I only, I, I've met them. I've only like, I only watched, watched the original trilogies. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, I th- I'm like, you know, I'm like, I think you're missing out, but you know what? That's your journey. Yeah. And I think, I think what you're going through is going to be, people are going to want to hear of like, how do I come out of this movie and I didn't connect to it, and I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. Right. But I still love Star Wars, I and how do I go on doing that? I still love Star Wars, and um, mm-hmm. it's actually really easy for me to keep doing that right now when mm-hmm. we have a show that speaks to me on so many levels, which right. is The Mandalorian uh, yeah. on Disney+. Plus. Which we're going to catch up with episodes in a second here. We are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so in, in short, this is, uh, this is a non-spoiler. Uh, so it's hard to get. And it, <laughs> right, it, it yeah. is. 
uh, there's, I'll say this, just general stuff there. There's a lot of wonderful new characters. I think this is one of the funniest Star Wars movies that worked yeah. for me. But you know what? A lot of humor in Last Jedi didn't work for people, and I think a lot of it is really good. Some of the beats don't hold up for, sure. uh, over time. I also thought Force Awakens was some of the best comedy because comedy should come from character, and I think this one yes. does it better than all of them. Uh, C-3PO has a has some funny. He's a funny C-3- dude. C-3PO is a character that I... I've always appreciated, mm-hmm. but I've never fully mm. got behind. I, I, it just, I, for mm. me, right? And this one, I came out of it like, I think I need to go back and buy 3P, 3PO toys for the last yeah. 40 years that I haven't bought. Uh, he has moments to shine, a lot of big things. I think Yona Swatomo as Chewbacca yes. gives oh, it all. So guy like, goes for it in it, some If I had to scenes. rank it, I would go literally Daisy Ridley, uh, Adam Driver, <laughs> and Jonas. <laughs> like, he's, that's my top three really of the wonderful. movie. Yeah. so good. Yeah. And, and, oh, my God, he broke my heart in this movie. And, 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 and then I want you guys to give your close. That's here. Uh, just general stuff here. Uh, one of the big questions mm-hmm. going in, because no secret, she's she's in the film, and we know what's going on is 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 Leia mm-hmm. and the use of Leia. And I'm just talking from a technical sense. I going into it was very trustworthy of the process. I didn't think they would do this if they didn't feel it could work. How it just looked, mm-hmm. and I thought it looked really good and fit in, and I wasn't taken out of it other than my just general knowledge of yeah. knowing the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's been my general thoughts here, wrapping up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was fine. I liked it. Uh, I wanted to love it, and I didn't. Yeah. Those are my final thoughts. That's your final yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think my final thoughts are, are always going to be based on what I, what I told you on Fort Center. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of my emotional reaction watching these movies with my family from Mm. someone like my dad who introduced me to the movies to someone like my mom who's probably more of a fan of the sequel trilogy than than Mm. any other trilogy which i Mm. find to be fascinating and it's because of ray and and i i find it so exciting that i get to see this movie next week with my family for christmas and all this stuff and gathering around together to watch star wars once again and i think that's the most beautiful thing And, and her seeing this character come full circle and kind of just overcoming the things she has to overcome in this movie, and and side characters as well, like Poe and and, and Finn and mm. Kylo. But but that to me is the epitome of Star Wars. Star Wars has always been about family, and it's always mm. been about this idea of coming together. And and I think that's what the Rise of Skywalker gives me the most. So uh, yeah, I thoughts. understand that. I also enjoyed Richard E. Grant doing an entire Spice Ooh. World song uh, sequence. <laughs> it was great. It was amazing. Oh, it was so good. So oh, good. gosh. Uh, we are going to have uh, the full review, the going in deep, the discussing it more, a chance to really get into some of the themes and, and what we liked and didn't like. And let me tell you, again, there's some things I was like, like I said, went, sure. <laughs> All right. Um, but we're going to get into that. And that is actually going to be released next week. Why are we waiting so long? Well, Collider Video, which uh, we are a part of, obviously, had their non-spoiler review. Uh, Perry and Emma handled that. And then uh, we have the spoiler review going up. It might be up by the time I'm done speaking this sentence. Uh, but there's uh, a lot of people on there, including, I believe, Mark Riley, you on that one, John Roca, some other folks gathering around for a big, long discussion of that. So because that's up, because next week is the holidays, and uh, we are not going to be here in actually this state, uh, at least for me. Um, we're going to put that up and give you time, uh, all of you, to go out and see it, digest it, see it again, have your thoughts. Uh, I think, I think I'll tell you what, this is not going to be some unifying adventure. Uh, this is going to be what the discussion here, and at this table, there's going to be similar reactions probably at your Christmas table, too. So <laughs> come back for that later. Yeah. But we're going to go on to uh, the Mandalorian review, and Emma's going to take us through this here. As we always like to say, this is our big spoiler section with apologies to our friends in the international markets who have not had a chance to get the Mandalorian yet without stealing it. Uh, we are going to kind of double down and talk more about this here. We're, we'll give you some time codes to skip around, but uh, we, we can't not talk about this. There's been two episodes we're going to catch up on as a group here. So, Emma, dive into the Mandalorian yes, of it all. Yes, so we're talking about episode six and episode seven. Uh, Ace, we're going to start with your general thoughts on episode six because Ken and I did the full breakdown discussion of the episode. This was the second episode directed by Rick Famuyiwa, The Prisoner, I believe is the name of the episode. Uh, So Ace... What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, so I saw a lot of conversation. Obviously, I saw this on midnight, and, and I saw it right away. And then right away, I started reading some thoughts on it. And right away, I, I saw some thoughts already of people being like, oh, this show, they don't know what they're doing kind of ideas. And, and for me, I was like, 
I love this episode. I thought episode six was so much fun. It, it, it really was kind of like this throwback Rebels episode of mm. just a simple storytelling of breaking someone out of prison, right? Yeah. And yeah. The, the, the whole morality of that aspect. Or even just like you breaking yourself out of prison and, and just this almost like horror movie type aspect with the Mandalorian, which was really cool. But but my biggest takeaway from this whole episode has to be sorry. I just start laughing when I see Baby Yoda pictures. I start smiling. So yeah. there's some Baby Yoda you can't pictures. help it. But sorry, Ace. no worries, man. But my biggest takeaway ah. of this episode. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. There he is. Sorry. sorry. Uh, my biggest takeaway of this episode has to be that final director's cameo. You oh, like that? Yeah, yeah director squadron. <laughs> so it hit me honestly as soon as I saw Dave Filoni, Deborah Chow, Rick Famuyiwa like literally like riding an x-wing and yeah. shooting it, it hit me it dawned on me i was like oh my god here me, me and ken mm-hmm. are dissecting this episode yeah. and giving her putting our thinking caps on and in reality what this show is is just a big love letter to star wars mm-hmm. i tweeted this out after i saw the episode i said what i love about the show the most is that it doesn't take itself seriously it is just yeah it almost is kind of just like this big love letter it doesn't matter like what's the deal with canon and how many years and are we going to see the rise of of the first order and all this it doesn't matter like it really doesn't because we get to see playing in the star wars universe and once i saw that director's cameo that's when it kind of dawned on me it's like it clicked i was like i get it this show is just fun and it really is just kind of Star Wars fun, and I really enjoyed it. It is. I, I mean, I think one of the things that we were talking about leading up to the release of this series is that there is very much a feeling of John Favreau playing with his Star Wars action figures. It's just, what do you want to see in Star Wars? Let's let's put it in there. Let's have fun. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love this episode. I, I thought it worked. I thought all the side characters worked. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we got more Mando kicking butt, which to me is top notch. Yeah. Did you get? Did you feel like you took away something from this episode that either was important thematically to the story or to the Mandalorian's journey that contributed to the series as a whole, or did you feel like, oh, this is this is fun and it's filler? A, a lot of it to me felt more more on the fun aspect. Okay. But I, I feel like I took away a lot more than I did from the previous episode. Sure, I, yes, which was yeah, yeah. also a similar kind of side mm-hmm. quest vibe. But this one gave me a little bit more as far as like the state of the galaxy what's going on mm-hmm. you know what's the what's the what, what are they calling it the new republic mm-hmm. what is the new republic up to yeah. how do they react to certain things the way that the mandalorian like people have fear for the new republic that's what i'm yeah. saying yeah. like the yeah. way they were reacting to the whatever mm-hmm. the scouting mm-hmm. thing where the beeping they were yeah. like oh no they're coming and i was yeah. like oh what's this new republic yeah, yeah. and we saw it's dave filoni yeah. um, <laughs> Trapper Wolf. md yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think you learn a lot in that episode. I, and I do think 4, 5, and 6, you, you, there's one thing you can take from each about what uh, he feels. That they, I really do think episode 5 is about him uh, kind of having to face that he is a parent uh, and starting to face it. Uh, I think 7 gets in that, but 6 is uh, absolutely breaking free of your past and dealing with your past. And, and, uh, and, and I do like uh, the idea that we hear a lot about the New Republic not getting things done and the fact that they're – they're in control. Mm-hmm. The underworld's still kind of scared. I, I did like that too. Yeah. yeah, it's the world more peaceful since the revolution. <laughs> in the immortal words of Werner Herzog in episode seven, "The yeah. Reckoning." One of the things that Ken and I talked about on our deep dive into the episode, our discussion of all things Mandalorian, when we were talking about episode six, was this idea of these individual adventures he was having setting him up to totally let go of his past and start mm. embracing his future so he can be part of a team up yeah. which is what we got in this yeah. episode finally uh can your reaction to uh ig11 coming coming back hey. in there uh i um i i i am famously bad at star wars predictions uh <laughs> me and, and scrimshaw over on our force center show literally said we think quill's gonna rebuild him and it's oh. not a giant leap of Logic to figure that out. Like that's why I'm still bad at predictions. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I pick the. Uh, I mean, you like, got a whole sequence of it. Sunday's coming after Saturday. Um, <laughs> like that's what it is. Um, no, I love this episode. This the child still my favorite episode in the sense of how it hit me emotionally and how that kind of surprised me. Yes. Um, but this one is. This sounds like it's a like cynical to what the show's become. It's not. This episode was what the show seemed to be promising it would be. Now, sure. I'll say this. They never promised it. Oh, no, no, We no. did. We went no, like, we, oh, it's this, it's we that. We extrapolated that yes. based on the marketing. Based on the marketing. And to finally get it in place, 
Um, I, 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 I'm not joking. Quill explaining the rebuilding process of IG-11 is my favorite part of the show so far because of the, of the emotions attached to it and what it is saying. It is a Deborah Chow took her time to give us this monologue on you as a human mm. having to deal with your own programming and how do you rebuild yourself if you want to make changes and how important that is and how it takes patience and affirmation. It's also about parenting. We went into that deep on our Collider review of just like Quill is basically talking to, to Mando about parenting. And, and, mm. and you see, you saw it. When he walks into the bar, Baby Yoda is literally doing what he now thinks his dad's doing. Yeah. He starts flying the ship because he wants to be, see his dad's flying the ship. And then he defends his dad in one of the big moments we'll talk about mm-hmm. with this Force joke, which also is because he's been watching him be violent yeah. for so long So for, for this journey. So I think that Quill, uh, the IG-11 physical therapy sequence, uh, was really touching, really important. And I love that Deborah Chow got that in the script and said, we are going to take our time to focus on that. She's yeah. great as a director. Uh, that's, uh, that's Deborah Chow, man. She yeah. really gets into that, that, that psychology mm-hmm. yeah. of being a person uh, so, or a so droid. well. Or a droid. Or a droid. Or, a droid. or an Just, it, it's, the, it's the psychology of existence mm. yeah. and understanding the consequences for your actions. And, and as you say, like learning to deal with your programming, because even as a person who does have independent thought, you have, you know, there's a certain amount of stuff that's been hardwired into you and how yeah. do you overcome that? And that yeah. is very much the journey with IG 11 of like, I've reprogrammed him mm-hmm. to never to, to not be an assassin anymore, yeah. basically. And he, and he will protect you no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and I, I cannot wait to see that most likely come to fruition. Yeah. In the next yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fine because if IG 11 saves Amando in every way, he, the, the title of this episode is a reckoning, but it's, it, and that is, there's always a literal and there's always a, something deeper and it, it is, everyone has to have this reckoning with who they are yes. or who they are perceived to be. I think, and, and, Gina Carano, I, I, I keep saying she, she is going to grow into this role, and I think she's starting to really – I want more because she's getting better and better with this character, yeah. and I love this character. We can see her in action in many ways, shapes, and forms. But, but the, 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 the constant mention of the tattoos mm-hmm. is this reckoning with her past but other mm-hmm. people's impressions of it. So they yes. see that. They're going to assume so much about you. You have to change. You're, you have to show them you're changing ways, or maybe you want to double – anyways, it got, it got into those levels. Yes. and. As Mando changes and has to change and has to reckon with his past and reckon with uh, you know himself, just who he wants to be, it all goes back to poor, poor Quill. It does. Uh, poor, I, I poor told Quill. you guys earlier that uh, Deborah Chow has directed my my two favorite episodes of of The Mandalorian so far, with three mm-hmm. and seven. Three being the big Mando reveal kind mm-hmm. of thing when they all show up at the end, and seven being this kind of like. Great, like, culminate. Great, like, you're going to understand this, obviously, you as well. The episode nine of, like, Game of Thrones type vibe, right? Where you're just, like, a lot of stuff happened, and then 10 mm-hmm. is going to give us that conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. in this case, it'll be eight. Um, but that kind of feeling of just, like, everything coming together for this final epic, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, but you're right. A lot of this has to do with the idea of technology being a reflection of not good or evil, the way yeah. Quill says it, but of who of who we are, of whoever builds it. It's it's a tool. So so whatever you use that tool for mm-hmm. is its true purpose. And the idea of IG eleven being used for good or evil, sure, just being whoever gets a hand on his program. Well, and there is this nice sort of metaphor parallel. I'm not quite sure what to what term to use to describe it with the Mandalorian's hatred of droids, which we can totally understand where that comes from, having seen what the little flashback bits we've seen of his past, clearly. Yeah. His, his tribe, his, his parents, et cetera, were murdered yeah. by droids. So it makes total sense, but, but it is then kind of that level of, okay, but also, yeah, you hate droids, but droids are just the, the product of whoever has built them, mm-hmm. and you are also the product of, like your own past and your own experiences. And there is a level of him kind of, I think coming to terms with the fact that he doesn't really like himself and he's Mm. like learning to like himself and to be a better person. It's just, it's really good. You guys, I I have to drop a reference and I know I've done this before to, to a star Wars podcast. I listened to called binge mode Mm. and they said 
like literally episode one. They're or the two. ones who did the Dear Baby Yoda, aren't they? Are. They? they are. Yes, love it. Uh, those guys are great. Um, but they did. Uh, they did a uh, an episode one or two after they reviewed that. They said, you know, this whole time we're talking about the Mandalorian, but in reality. Baby Yoda is kind of what if Baby Yoda is the Mandalorian in the sense of like that's who he's learning to mm-hmm, be. He's mm-hmm. his reflection is somehow the Mandalorian, and it's this idea mm-hmm. of culture, it's this idea of race, of ideology, of whatever you want to call it, being raised up in a certain culture. Yes, and the fact that Baby Yoda is kind of well, a Mandalorian by default, and, yeah, just based on his who his dad is and right now. With Baby Yoda attempting to emulate the Mandalorian and, mm-hmm. and him kind of causing problems by wanting to pilot the ship, by being violent and and force choking mm-hmm. yeah. Kara, mm-hmm. which was a, an amazing moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it it's such a nice parallel with the story of the Mandalorian culture and mm-hmm. the conflict within there that we haven't really necessarily gotten into too much on this show but i have a feeling we're going to uh and it's certainly something that was explored pretty heavily in clone wars and we never really came to the reconciliation of the the two sort of sides of the mandalorian coin mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's uh it's portrayed so well on yeah. the show and and i think too one of my favorite moments uh was seeing baby yoda like be that happy medium when he force healed grief karka oh yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. i mean i mean we, we have to talk about that that's yeah. my favorite part of this episode is the idea of, of grief karka yeah kind of being like i was gonna betray you guys but that little baby <laughs> is an angel and yes. it needs to be protected at all costs yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna kill these dudes i'm gonna yeah. help you guys because that thing is Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a precious little being who just healed me. Uh, and it's that idea of realizing something above yourself, right? Yeah. Where, where, where you have these ideas of, of survival, of money, of all this stuff. All that goes out the door when you have a little green creature healing you and kind of saving your life. Like yeah. it saved his life. So it's that idea of him being like, nah, man, this thing is way too precious to just yeah. toss out the window for money, mm-hmm. um, I have to protect it, and it's it's. I, I thought it was great. A, I, I thought it made total sense. A change of program, yeah. In grief cargo, yes. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, I was happy to see the grief cargo character come back because everybody wants Carl Weathers in Star it, Wars. This, I, this is a fact. Did you? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> like, and I say this. This comes from that point of view of I love Carl Weathers. Yeah, his even in that opening. Uh, scrimshaw, we're talking on the Clutter Review uh, and our Force Center Review. His choice of words. Diction speech was a little weird and different in the most yeah. wonderful prequely oh, Star Wars great. way. Absolutely, I ex- ex- you know looking forward. Uh, I look to your arrival with optimism. Yes, like, <laughs> you're right. It was. It was very it's Star Wars prequel. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, and, and my favorite, I, I, you, you take us there, Ebba, but yes. my favorite line in all of Star Wars was uttered in this episode. Oh, yes. Was it perhaps uh, Werner Herzog? <laughs> yes. Uh, Can I offer you libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? Amazing. That is going to be my amazing. birthday party invitation <laughs> from here on out. I mean, can can I also give him a shout out to uh, a meme that's going around Star Wars Twitter? Yes, is is uh, so one of my friends tweeted this out. It's like everyone's emotions when they watch the Mandalorian, and he's like, "I would like to see the baby." (laughs) Can I please see the baby? And then jumping off of that, grief Karka being like, "Uh, "Ah, he's he's asleep." And Werner Herzog going, "We will be very quiet." Please let me see the baby. It was really I was funny. like, yes, oh, let us see the baby. That baby. Uh, really <laughs> I funny. mean, when he, when Baby Yoda does anything, yeah. I just, that beautiful, articulated little puppet, right. I yes. have never cared about anything more in my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah. I, I got to give a, a quick little jump towards the end of, the, of this episode going to one of my favorite aspects of Rogue One. And I know a lot of people roll, roll their eyes at the idea of death troopers, but I oh, thought they I, were... I freaked out when I saw the death troopers. They're so cool, right? Yes. Like, as soon as... It, it really is this elevation to show you the fact that they're shooting on their own men yeah. in that little cantina bar. Mm-hmm. And, and when they just tore it up with their blaster rifles, yep. I was like, yo, death troopers, bro. <laughs> it's almost like a commentary on them being like, 
oh, stormtroopers are nothing compared to that. And we saw that in yeah. Rogue One. In Rogue yeah. One, you saw that they were actually really well, that's, powerful that's and intimidating. Star Wars in a nutshell is like, yeah. let's, let's always add a new, yeah, yeah. better trooper. A new yeah. toy. Uh, and, yeah. it was, and it was cool. It was, I thought that yeah. it was handled incredibly well. I mean, when we saw them like mowing down the bar, yeah. I was, my and reaction was, their own men. yeah, like, and, and my reaction was, who did the, what's go? What's going on? And then the reveal of them, yeah. I yeah. I literally yelled out loud, "Oh my god, Death Troopers!" Yeah, it was great. I yeah, love it. I, 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 it creates great questions about who Moff Gideon is, yes. and I, I keep calling the, his entrance was pretty. Yeah, Jack yeah, well, he, He's had the you know the uh, little elevator. Put in that type of yep. stuff, but the idea of uh, I call it the the dirty empire is what we've been seeing the stormtroopers mm-hmm. who you are clean aren't clean anymore, and you got the, the five hundred first actual real five hundred first members yes, come in were. as very clean stormtroopers, very clean death troopers, yes. but part of like Moff Gideon trying for some sort of power, and then what he really really wants out of this asset yeah. is 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 even more of a, a cliffhanger to me that we than anything we've gotten so far in the yes. show. Totally, totally agree. I, I don't feel it's I don't know what you feel. I don't just feel it simply as I will dominate the world with this. Oh no, I, re- I really else going don't on think I love. so. I, I yeah. think that there's that there's a lot more going on with yeah. Moff Gideon. Uh and also we gotta talk about uh the the fact that, that our boy they that uh they got baby Yoda. Yeah. They yeah. got him. Not just that, but the fact that they, they took out our home. They homie. took out Quill. Yeah, it was, oh, was so sad. Obviously, when when uh, Mandalorian is like Quill, come in, Quill, and and, and when they and I was slowly like, he's re- riding really fast, I was leave him say, alone. He's busy, he's and then when they there. just like slowly <laughs> pan to his dead body, I was like, yeah, it sounds it sounds like you're telling Yikes. yourself Quill's just sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> he's busy. It's like let him drive. He's focused, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, uh, sad to see him go. Obviously, I, I, I the, the the character of Quill has been the most surprising part of of me. Uh, of my love of this show. It's yeah. something I didn't think I would react yeah. to. I was jo- when Nick Nolte, rumors of him being cast, and then when he actually is announced as a voice performer here, um, uh, I thought, oh, you'll be a crusty bartender, and that's yeah. great. But he, no. it, it just surprised me every but, time. But obviously, we, we just talked about this whole idea of, of parenthood and, and being a father. Yeah. But, I mean, how is IG-11 going to react, right? I mean, it's this idea. I know he's a droid. Yeah, no, no. But I it's still like, imagine so- if, like, the way BB-8 reacts to, to Poe in The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. you know, like supposedly being dead, you know, BB-8 has a huge reaction. R2-D2 yeah. has a big reaction. Like, droids have personality Droids and feel, man. Droids and, feel. So I think IG-11 is going to be like, yeah. I'm going to go off, bro. No, which, but it, and I, I, back to what Emma said earlier, then he helps, if he helps the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian yeah. has to face that he was helped by a droid. That's yeah. an interesting thing there. So There you go. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the Mandalorian Ooh. continues, the Mandalorian. continues to... Uh, Knock it out of the park for me. I think it's very easy to see why Deborah Chow was yeah. given the Obi Wan series. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, seeing her work on that as well. Mm. Any other thoughts on these episodes before we move no, on? No, ready for the ending. Ready yeah. for see if there's any of those cliffhangers. Who the what's who who whose feet was at the Ming Na Wen side? I don't, know. I don't know. know. Big questions. Still to be answered. I know. I didn't look closely enough at John John Carlo Esposito's boots. <laughs> I was going to say if he comes out like those were my feet at the end of the episode last yeah, week. Like how is he going to say that? Full on states it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like yeah. the, the next episode opens up with him being like, yeah. those I were bet my you were boots. wondering whose feet those were. <laughs> yeah. They were mine. That was me on Tatooine <laughs> following you. So well, yeah. I mean, uh, remains to be seen, but it's going to be a long wait because it doesn't yeah. come out until next. Friday, Friday yeah. after we got it on a Wednesday, mm. yeah. Tuesday night. Who knows? Uh, but the point yeah. is, there is one more episode left of The Mandalorian, Taika Waititi yeah, at the helm. Home. Very excited to uh, see how that Absolutely. all plays out. But mm-hmm. this is far from the only additional Star Wars uh, that is yeah. out there in the world. We were talking uh, films, talking TV shows, and now it is time to dive into some games, comics, books, etc. because... A new comic came out uh, just yesterday, December 18th. Yeah. Uh, Charles Soule, the author, mm. is the author behind it. Uh, he's previously written on the Darth Vader comics as well as Poe Dameron. And it is The Rise of Kylo Ren, mm. number one, uh, which I did get a chance to read. Surprising, mm. I have to say. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, when, that's, uh, it's a quizzical, I'm giving it a quizzical, yeah. Um, we're seeing right now. We're getting the answer. If you don't want to know, uh, yeah. Whoops. Uh, no, no. It's not, <laughs> yeah, you, it's a you, we gave you a warning. If, <laughs> I think so if too. we're talking about it, you haven't read it. Yeah. That's a warning. Yeah. Um, First page though 
you, all you were seeing there was basically the first page, which, uh, so, I mean, they throw yeah. you right into this idea yeah. that they then clarify a little bit later in the comic, even though we yeah. don't know the full extent of it uh, as of yet. But I have to say, I am I am intrigued so far. Everything's, yeah, you get some big answers, some big reveals yes. of, uh, of what really, well, I'll say what really happened uh, with, between Luke and Ben, yeah. but also, uh, you know, it's still some point of view and perspective going on yep. and how people react to that story. You get, you get some big answers, Andres, that uh, uh, it's brave to do that in a comic. It's yeah. a lot of pressure on the creators, and I think that so far, off to a great start. For sure. I, I think what's, what's great is we see a follow-up to a scene in The Last Jedi, which is obviously kind of mm-hmm. Ben taking down Luke. And, and the idea of how the other Jedis react to him was very interesting to me. I think that's my biggest takeaway from this comic so far, right. is the idea of them not believing Ben. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's this idea of him being like, no, I'm telling you guys, like he straight up tried to kill me. And they're like, nah, bro, you're tripping. You're yeah. just angry or you're just like hungry for power. And him being like, no, guys, he tried to kill me. Like, right. and, and him really... Kind of that being part of his deception into the dark side of, of just not being believed and just not being taken seriously mm. and not being given the benefit yeah. of the doubt. I, well, I think that goes into Kylo Ren's character. Absolutely. And from Ben's point of view, Luke tried to kill him. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. So. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, reading more of this. Uh, another comic that came out this week is Star Wars Empire Ascendant. Number one, uh, taking place in one of my favorite time periods, which is the uh, space between A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back, which has been explored very heavily in Star Wars comics. Uh, at the end of one of the more recent series, the Rebels made their way to their their what we know to become their base on Hoth. So this uh, comic follows a, uh, a, a pursuit uh, of the Empire against the Rebels on Hoth, who are digging their heels in and being like, nope, we are going to we're going to continue this revolution. So. There you go. Yeah. All right, it's out. Check it out if you want. We're about ready to close the show, but not before we hear from you, Star Wars fan questions. It is our fat alliance gathering up. What is she proposing? All right, uh, we got... Uh, I'll pick one here. Okay. And then I'll let you guys pick one here. Okie dokie. Uh, Nick Field. Nick Field uh, writes this at Nick underscore Field 90. Will the success of Knives Out increase the odds that Ryan Johnson gets the 2022 slot? Trying to borrow Dan and Dave all exit after the Polar Sea Project, so it seems like perception matters quite a lot to Uncle Bob Iger. Uh, a lot, lot of things matter to Uncle Bob. I... I, I yeah, we'll never know what what perception of projects actually really met, especially, yeah. with, especially with the Trank one. There was a lot more going on with that one there. And Dan Definitely. And signing a deal with Netflix, I think, had more to do with anything. But uh, Nick's not completely off base there that some of the public perceptions seem to have been followed by big moves. But yeah. Knives Out, which I finally saw. I was going to say, I, can I, we get I, your I, quick I, thoughts? I, look, man, I got Really? I, I love it. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, was, I, I One of the things I moved to L.A. for 20 years ago is screenwriting. I've, I've yeah. done a lot of that, and I moved away from it a long time ago. And I came out of that one. I was like, oh, i got to get back into screenwriting. I write again. I would yeah. never do anything as good, good as Knives Out. Uh, it's just so fun. Every performer had fun. The director was having fun. When he wrote yes. it, he was having fun. Uh, it reminded me of early Wes Anderson, I'm a big Wes Anderson person, up until I think he became too aware that he was mm. Wes Anderson. <laughs> and uh, Rushmore changed my life. Royal Tenenbaums changed my life. I love Life Aquatic. Yes. And this had a lot of that vibe to mm. it. And with a lot of jokes coming out of, there's not one joke written in the script, but it's really funny type of thing. So I absolutely love Knives Out. It's an interesting question because, uh, honestly, Knives Out is one of my favorite movies of the year. Like. Mm. By a lot. Like, it's really up there as far as my top of the year. But at the same time, when I did my review of Knives Out, I, I, RB3 and I talked about it, but I told him, I said, one of the great things I loved about Knives Out is that the silly aspects that kind of didn't work for me in The Last Jedi fit perfectly in Knives Out. Like, Mm -hmm. the little, like you said, little winky silliness jokes that kind of didn't work in The Last Jedi kind of fit perfectly for Ryan Johnson in this different genre that he was in. Not to say that he can't make an incredible Star Wars movie in the future. He mm. definitely can. It's it's interesting now that we have the Rise of Skywalker and the conversation around J.J. versus Ryan Johnson and all this craziness that's happening that we get this question, Ken. Because yeah. now it's like, I don't... I, I would say still no, simply based off too much of this whole who is going to win, J.J. or Ryan. And it's Just, like, well, yeah, Jay, Ryan's got another one coming out. Well, J.J. did the final one. And it's like, it's been maybe weird, yeah. if I were Bob, I would say, you know what? Let's just go with someone different. 
uh, and just go a different direction. Yeah. Um, but you never know because money does talk in Hollywood. It man. does. That's the biggest speaker, and and it's made a lot of money. Knives Out, and a lot of people are yeah. loving it. Yeah, I, it does, yeah. and and I know how much everybody at Lucasfilm enjoyed working with Ryan. Yeah, um, which is why they are giving him another Star Wars project. As far mm. as we know, that is still happening mm, right. uh, at some point. I don't know that it'll be that one specifically. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm it. I uh, and and for a lot of the reasons you were saying of like let's bring in some new directors, especially so we're not contributing to that discourse of JJ versus Ryan, but. Uh, but, you know, Ryan Johnson's got some proven success as a yeah. director. And I even know a number of people that did not care for Last Jedi because they felt it was too Ryan Johnson. But they went, you know what? I would like to see him do a Star Wars that doesn't have all these other elements in yeah. it that I've come to expect where he can just play in this universe. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Oh, I like that. Uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, Andres, you got one you yeah, like here? Um, obviously, I'm going for this one, and you're going to know why. Uh, Dennis Pearson, say, uh, Dennis, at Dennis B. Pearson, or person, says, any chance of Obi-Wan showing up in The Mandalorian <laughs> in flashbacks? And I, I won't read the second part, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a spoiler, but... Asking if Obi-Wan's going to be in The Mandalorian isn't really a spoiler, so I'm okay to yeah, well, yeah, no, it's ask fair. that question. I mean, he's, I, he, I mean, he'd be a force ghost if he did... Yeah. Show up in it. I mean, but I guess in a flashback. flashback. He yeah, that's what he, he said in the follow in up of the question. He says in the flashback. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. In yeah. the part that you're not spoiling. Um, yeah. That's why the one <laughs> I wouldn't mind a little cameo. Yeah. Like, give me all the Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. That's yeah. one of the things I love about mm. the prequels. Mm. Uh, my inclination is no. Okay. But mm-hmm. with like a 30% chance of yes. Can I give a what if to you guys? So we're going to get, we, we have the Mandalorian right now. Mm-hmm. We have an Obi-Wan show with Deborah Chow. We have Cassian. I don't know what the show is going to be called, like Rebels United or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think they said Rebels was going to be the title. Yeah, sure. For sure. Um, with Cassian and K2. Yeah. I think those are the three we know for sure are going to Disney yeah, Plus, right? Yeah, that we know for sure. Yeah, yeah. Can there be a connection between the three? This Ooh, isn't like, the, a, like a Star Wars uh, this, t- television Disney Plus universe. Yes, this isn't this isn't movies, guys. So we're talking yeah. about in universe mm. TV Whoa. Disney Plus. Can we see a Cassian Mando Obi Wan? Whether it's flashbacks, whether it's timelines united, whether it's Obi Wan and Cassian, whatever it is, can we see these shows cross over in some way? Since it's all on Disney Plus and not on movies. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think so. I mean, because it's, it's what our basis of comparison is so far as far as Star Wars television goes is the animated series. And they, though it is by no stretch of the imagination necessary to have watched all of Clone Wars in order to enjoy Rebels. Rebels is very much its own stories. It, it does rely on some characters from Clone Wars and brings them back in. So I'm I'm just waiting for my live action Hondo Onaka. Guys, mm-hmm. where is he? Here you go. He's at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> he really is. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, you I don't think, think so? I don't think there's any chance. Yeah. Any okay. chance. There could be references. Taking me right uh, back down uh, to Earth. Can no, I, I want it. I want it. I was I getting want, on my Millennium Falcon. You, you know what characters I want? Cassie and you, you know, I want a lot. I think there's other characters will show up. It's not, it's not, I just, this particular yeah. question, no. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Final one, Emma. All right. Here it is. Uh, at underscore mick butler underscore joshua gerald butler as a brit i can't watch the mandalorian and we don't have disney plus yet what should i do to fill my star wars cravings in the meantime whilst i'm waiting for star wars the rise of skywalker well you don't have to really wait for that for much longer but you're still gonna have to wait for some disney plus uh but there's a lot of really good star wars out there uh as I say, I'm really enjoying this Kylo Ren comic so far. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to mm-hmm. reading more of that. Uh, if you are a gamer, Jedi Fallen Order, totally worth your time. Yeah. Totally worth your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other recommendations? I mean, go play Battlefront 2. We <laughs> just had the uh, the new update. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a lot of fun. Um, anytime there's an update in Battlefront 2, it's like mm-hmm. a new joy mm-hmm. to play it. So I say go play that and go watch Clone Wars. Yeah. Go rewatch well, Clone Wars. That's on Disney Plus now, unless oh. you have it on like DVD or Blu-ray or something. Used to be on Netflix. Now it lives on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, but also play yeah. Battlefront too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joshua Gerald Butler, what I think you should do is grab a brown robe, put it on, and go to your, your local pubs out there <laughs> in uh, uh, UK land and. UK. 
just pretend to be a Jedi walking around uh, the UK yeah. and spread joy, spread knowledge, spread influence and inspiration. And then pretty soon you'll be ready to see your next movie or the next show when you finally get Disney Plus. All right. All right. Maybe not do that. Well, I don't know. No, Listen, we did it. I'm, we did it. I support it. I support <laughs> we it. We <laughs> did it. That's the episode. We're counting down. Uh, you guys, a lot of you are watching this on your way to see The Rise of Skywalker. You might be in line, in the car, in the parking lot, in your seat. Or you might have already seen it and you have some thoughts and opinions on that. We realize that. Uh, look, it's been a weird two years as Star Wars fans. It's been a weird week as Star Wars fans. Uh, try to remember what Star Wars is about. And I Please. think what a lot about you're going to see in The Rise of Skywalker, it is about the ability to turn away from our dark, sometimes naturally evil tendencies towards hate and anger, which leads to suffering, and turn towards the light. Have some fun this week, no matter what you feel about the film. We're Star Wars fans. That's a lot of fun. For Emma Fife, who could be followed at Emma Fife, where Emma Emma Fife's are sold, I know how to say that. Exactly. Uh, you got Thank any cool you. things coming up, too? Well, we're part of the Black Series Rebels thing on yes, Sunday. Yes, we're doing, uh, Ken and I are going to be performing live uh, at Flappers Comedy Club here in Burbank at 5 p.m. this mm-hmm. Sunday uh, December 22nd, uh, we'll be with the Black Series Rebels live show talking about uh, this mm-hmm. this movie, The Rise of Skywalker, yeah. with, uh, with uh, of a live, Steve and Alex. We got yeah. a, yeah. Yeah, Hopefully a large live, live crowd. Hopefully a large live and crowd, they, they, which you can you can make that happen yes. by coming to see the show. <laughs> and they uh, <laughs> they serve chocolate chip cookies there. You can follow me at Ken Knapsack for all of my adventures. And Mr. Cabrera. Yeah, you can follow me at Squad Leader Race on my YouTube channel at First Cut to check out the Meaning Enough podcast where we talk about more movies. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. To Adam in the booth. Thank you, Mark Riley, producer. And all of you, go watch some Star Wars. See you next week. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.